hot enough for you? We already oh, did this bit oh, off yeah, mic. Yeah, exactly. And it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a very hot day here in Melbourne, but we're lucky that we're a couple of lucky ducks. You might in say that, that, yes. We've got a couple of beers. We're at Mr. West in Footscray. Welcome to the West, Dave. Thanks, man. Should we move, maybe? Nah, it'll be fine. Okay. I don't think it's really picking up. I, I tried a few places and it's about the same. I'm being caught out, that's all. Yeah. Yeah. That's a reference to the song that's playing. It is, yeah. What is it? Who sings this? I don't know. Okay. I probably should. Yeah, I feel like you would. Yeah, but... Um, I felt bad for almost not knowing, even though I'm from New I Zealand. Think, I think when I was a kid hearing it, I like played cricket my whole life. And I was I think I was a bit like, don't make fun of something that happens in my sport. Okay, <laughs> you, were, you were protective over that. Yeah, the even though I don't even think the that's... The sanctity of the yeah, house Yeah, exactly. Um, we're here for the range... Tap. Uh, it's not really a takeover. It's a, a little uh, launch thing. Something sort of yeah. Victorian launch. Is it? Well, what's I it don't called? Know. They've had their beers at Slow Bear before. So I visited Range when I was in Brisbane. Oh, I was really impressed. You loved it. Yeah, just the the, bre- the brewery itself was really smart, really modern. Um, the beers do lean in that hazy realm, low bitterness, which, as people know, we're not super into. But um, that's a personal thing, and yeah, I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm enjoying the Citra Double Drop. Double dry hopped. What is it? Double dry hopped pale. Yeah, and I've got a um, Galaxy Citra uh, IPA, which is pretty juicy, but it's nice though. Definitely. Um, so we're going to be chat with the head brewer. Are these dudes uh, part of the conversation they want to watch? I can't remember. Maybe they came up. Yeah. You know who wasn't, and I should. I feel like we should mention it. Um, our other side. Yeah. I had their lager the other day. It was. A real goodie. Um, they seem to have pulled it, pulled together a really good crew of sales reps and brewers, and and, and that must have happened in the last sort of four weeks, something. Because I've been seeing a lot of stuff about them. Yeah, the on the socials. They o- opened at the end of last yearish. Uh, apologies if I got that slightly wrong. Um, but yeah, I've been really impressed with what I've had, and they definitely should have been in the conversation. Right. Uh, maybe the conversation for this year. We'll no. see what they do in the next nine months. The other people that I, all thing we talked about. On one of our uh, wrap-ups, not this year, last year, about yeah. Boat Rocker. Okay. And they could have been in the mix for, you know, Brewery of the Year kind of a realm, but their core range, I think sure. we both didn't love it. Yeah. Um, now That's really got a bit of a refresh, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they've really tightened it up, and I've just gotten, I haven't tried them, but some tins of the Alpha Queen. Yeah, okay. Pale. I'd be keen to um, see how that goes. They look really smart. Like they've got some other double dry hop beer in a tin at Yeah, the moment, I got I some of that as well. Yeah, right. To try. They just look... They're looking a lot better on the cans, nice and bright. Well, um, I mean, it's sort of like the missing piece to the perfection of Boat Rocker, really. Yeah. So that's, um, I don't know, I just wanted to mention that. I haven't actually tried the the new ones. No, I've tried the, uh, I didn't like the Jeepers Creepers because I don't like sour yep. IPAs. It doesn't do it for me. Um, what are the other two that are in tins now? Miss Pinky yeah, and, Miss Pinky and some other one. Sunshine and Rainbows. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, mind. I, I quite like that one. Yeah, yeah I, I did try that. I really enjoyed it. I think the Pilsner's in cans. Oh, the Pilsner as well, well is good too. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, th- I feel like I was just thinking about it just before, and I thought that was a good one to mention. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty keen to try Alpha Queen again. Did you see Two Birds co-founder Daniel Allen was nominated in the Telstra Business Woman of the Year? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, it's awesome. It is awesome. No one said though that they she's nominated in the Victorian Awards. She doesn't live in Victoria. She lives in Perth now. So is it because the business is registered in yeah, Victoria? Yeah, maybe. Anyway, just thought so that was something. So from Sydney, now in Perth. Yeah. Victorian businesswoman of the year. I don't think she's ever lived in Victoria. <laughs> anyway, congratulations. That would be like extra <laughs> enjoyable if she... Is that nomination or a win? Uh, nomination, I think. Yeah, I wonder what a win just I for that anomaly. I don't want to take away from the achievement and people know that I, I really love Two Birds. Um, and they've, speaking of people stepping up their, their beers lately, they've been putting on some really interesting beers Kind of almost shaking that tag, which I gave them in a story that I wrote about them recently. Sure, yeah. Being down the line, just not to Executed style, perfectly, though, yeah, yeah. but some really interesting beers coming out of there as well. I felt I felt bad reading it, because I wrote it last year, and yeah. since they put out a lot of... What's the um, feedback been about so far? I thought it was a great story. Yeah, really good. Really yeah. good. Um, it was written last May, so it's been a, a while. A lot of things works. happened since then, but yeah, um, yeah. I really captured the essence, though, of... Um, I think that event at Good Be- at Good Beer Week and just what they're about, I think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's on Good Beer Hunting. Yes. Also on Good Beer Hunting. Uh, you heard about Bridgeport closing down. I didn't. But, uh, okay, you know Bridgeport, yeah. the uh, 
They were one of the first like big American brands that came over here. Definitely. Um, Phil Sexton was the Australian brewer behind Little Creatures. No, Little Creatures Pale? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Matilda Bay beers and then also Bridgeport IPA, uh, which is one of the first um, West Coast IPAs. Uh, there's a bit of a discussion where it falls in the, I think it might be second or third, but it's up in the mix of that. Second or third why? First ever oh, West like Coast first IPA. Ever one. Right, I yep. see. Um, a lot of people said, you know, it happened during flagship February, and people were sort of saying, you know, don't forget your flagships kind of a thing. This is what happens if you don't love your beers. Um, but there's a really interesting article in Good Beer Hunting from Brian Roth about the, the parent company, right. Gambrinus, who have owned a lot of brands over the years. And pretty much as soon as they take ownership, the brands are tanking. Right. Uh, they've had a really Is it a deliberate run. move? No, it just seems to me they don't seem to be... What's the opposite of the Midas touch? The I don't know. Okay. This uh, is a saying that is going to come to us as we get off microphone. Yeah. Um, it won't. Yeah. But, yeah, so they had um, Pete's uh, Wicked Brown, whatever that one was called. It's like a flagship beer, brown ale for years, and that no longer no I remember, exists. like, when that was coming here, I thought it was a massively overrated beer, and I mm. didn't like it. And that was in the days of, like, Christ knows when it was... Brought how and how long it took to get brought into the country. Yeah, totally unfair. I remember it being like that classic, oxidized, over caramelly, yeah. where it probably was not fresh at all. Uh, yeah, I don't know how well it was treated. Um, yeah, I know that there's probably some people that were involved in bringing it over, listening. So, was it Cool Chain? I'd be curious. Yeah, I mean, tell me. It, it but never like, tasted great. But also, like, I had a pretty uncivilized palate back then, and I didn't yeah, know yeah. what I was looking for. But that was my memory of it anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, it's always a shame to see company uh, businesses like that close down. Um, looking forward, uh, in Crafty Pint, Mick Wist has a good article about Kvik, which is a Norwegian sort of farmhouse yeast. Oh, is that what's the, what's the pronunciation? I think it's Kvik, Kvik, uh, but I right. could be completely That's wrong. K V E I K is that I E K I E K. That uh, we, I've mentioned the Lars Garshall blog years ago, I think, on this podcast. Um, I've been a big fan of his for a long time, and he's kind of been instrumental in getting this kind of yeast back in the um, zeitgeist, and it's kind of becoming almost popping up sort of commonplace. Or sure. I, like I predicted it. Whereabouts is it commonly used? Uh, so it's starting to be used in sort of IPAs. Um, oh, sorry. I mean, like, where has it been commonly used? Literally just in Norwegian farmhouses. Yeah, right. Um, and European farmhouses in that part of the world. So really almost forgotten until... Lars went and started writing about it. Fair enough. Uh, I know Ruth at Boat Rocker, and, and we need to have a chat to her on the show. That's sort of on the card soon. Um, she's experimented with a lot, uh, and I think a couple of breweries in Australia have used it in small batches. Um, basically, it ferments fast, warm, and clean. Uh, so it's really interesting. Uh, What's oh yeah, it's interesting. Like it doesn't seem like it. Norway would be the right place for a warm fermenting. Well, it, yeah, it's okay up to 40 degrees yeah, right. Celsius that it, ah, it, it so would be do two or three day ferment kind of a thing. So oh, sh- right. Different strains. There are different strains. Yeah, it, okay. Yeah, really good story in the Crafty Pints. I have a read of that. And I, I will note that I picked that as one of my trends for 2019 uh, way back in December. So What's that? That uh, particular yeast? Or uh, just I like mentioned that yeast yeah, and, okay. and experimental fermentation with things like that. So You're on fire. I am on fire. Not to toot my own horn. Uh, Modus have just released new tins. Uh, I, I got in a dumb argument on the internet about them. Oh, really? Yeah. Talk to me, talk me through it. Someone said something about, um, uh, this is just the Cadbury trick where they've reduced the size and you're paying the same price. Like, no, th- it's not the same price. There's it's no cheaper. way it's the same price, yeah. And then he's, this person's like, what's the difference between price per litre? I'm like, I don't know. You made the claim, man. Like, I'm... I don't want to do maths here. No, no, no. The thing is, it probably is the same price per litre. Yeah, but yeah. But you don't have to buy half a litre of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's the point. Like, it's Friday afternoon. I don't know how I got myself into that. It's like when dummies get like a semblance of an argument and they just pick up the semblance <laughs> and just run with it as fast <laughs> and far as they can. I don't want to say this person was a dummy, but it's Friday afternoon. I don't, I don't yeah. have time for maths. Okay. Um, uh, I'm excited though. Yeah, definitely. Uh when we talked, when we spoke to um, who Grant, Grant uh, at that time he was adamant that like 
they were cool with a half liter tins, and that's awesome too. But especially when it comes to something like former tenant, when it's sort of like almost eight percent, yeah, yeah, uh, that can be price prohibitive. And I think it's I think it makes sense to have that. I mean, having small format cans of Sonic, I yeah. like it. Yeah, cans look nice too. Yeah, uh, divided opinion on that. I've seen some. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people don't like the gradient. Uh, serves a purpose. Just. Like the level of things people are prepared to <laughs> get annoyed at, the gradient. Did you hear about the experimenting with uh, THC and um, making yeast produced instead of alcohol, THC and CBD, basically weed? So instead of growing it, you'd, you'd ferment marijuana right. products. Right, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Those boffins. Trying to work that through. Labs. I know. Trying to work it through in my mind to see uh, just different ways of delivering so THC, CBD, they, they, they I guess. They change. Maybe it's a genome. Maybe it's not. Don't at me. Yeah, okay. Does that... I guess it doesn't because, I mean... Is it more difficult to regulate the volume intake when it's liquid versus like an edible or something like that? Yeah, no, I think they can make it more precise so the because growing something like that yeah is inherently there's going to be a lot more fluctuation sure. than fermenting measuring as you're fermenting the, the volume so then i don't know about the ingestion of it how that would work if it's fermented as a yeast but yeah interesting development though yeah yeah there you go that's all i have these scientists yeah crazy huh? any news from you uh not that i can think of no all right, well, let's throw to Mitch. And we'll we talk about all things range. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> uh, we've got Mitch Mitch Pickford Yes uh, From Range Brewing Mitch, how are you? I'm very well, thank you Your flight was delayed apparently Yes Yeah, the classic Tiger Air moment Where you, um, you're sitting down yeah, You're there on time And you just kind of wait And then you're like yeah, There's no plane out there There's no plane out there There's no plane out there Well, oh, yep We're meant to board now But uh, Yep oh, oh, But I can't see a plane minutes. Oh, I know no, that 15 means. minutes yeah. oh, 15 minutes oh, No An hour later so you're saying Tiger Air is not the, the way to go? Um, you know, it wouldn't be my first choice. Good for price, though. Yeah, exactly. So you'll love that price. Budget for a reason. Yeah. Uh, Tiger Air, if you don't want us to keep slagging you off, sponsor the show. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Jetstar, Qantas, there's a free spot. Yeah. <laughs> Emirates, I'd take as well. Yeah, Emirates, yeah. 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 <laughs> if you can. Yeah. <laughs> a few uh, international trips doesn't go astray, really. Yeah. Right? I think we're overdue for the podcast, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, tell us about range. What is it? Ah. Uh, Range Brewing is just uh, an idea formed from uh, three friends who uh, have known each other for around 10 years in Brisbane. Um, you know, we started out like quite modestly, just spitballing ideas for a bar, for for a bar for something, for a bit of fun, bit of bit of enjoyment, and then it quickly turned into, look, you know, let's just make a brewery and a bar mixed together, something that we feel uh, encompasses how we want the want the food and uh, alcohol industry to to provide for us, uh, and you know that's what we've created for ourselves into Range Brewing, and um, yeah, it's, it's going well so far. So, what was that that you wanted? Well, for for us, like uh, me and my two partners, Matt and Jared, we're three twenty-eight year olds, all turning twenty-nine this year. Um, that's a scary one. Yeah. yeah. Wait, you're all turned 29 this this year? Yeah, Before we all Feb? Yeah, so yeah. Jeez. Yeah, so we all t- we all turned 29 this year, and um, there's going to be some panic business decisions yeah. this year. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think so. Luckily, like we're not too worried about that type of thing. Um, you know, age is only a number, as they say. I right? wasn't until I was 29. Right? I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've <laughs> cancelled R. Kelly. Yeah, and he's one that's seen it. So. <laughs> yeah. So like, our our whole uh, interest uh, in the industry sort of started. It's, Really funny, like we all started working out at like a classical, just like Australian pub together. Um, Matt and Jared were, were there for some time at a place called the Plough Inn in South Bank in Brisbane. And if you have never been there, it's a great experience, great food, great time. But 
Like, it's just like a Carlton-owned standard pub. Yeah. Like, it's no good beer, just nothing. Like, great food, but that was about it. And we love the industry. We like the, the connections, the vibe, the atmosphere. But, um, you know, growing, uh, growing over those, that was seven years ago, almost eight years ago. Growing over that time, uh, we just sort of evolved ourselves. We experienced different worlds, different cultures, um, different environments, and different industries, which was a huge thing. So myself, uh, I, I stayed heavily in the, I guess, the bar scene. Um, I was a carpenter uh, by trade, but uh, I moved fully into the, the, the beer scene, I guess, uh, about five years ago when I took over at Archive Beer Boutique in West End in Brisbane. Um, and became their operations manager. So I worked quite heavily in beer for, for some time. Whereas uh, Matt and Jared uh, went and explored the world. They went to Canada, they went to the UK, they went to Scandinavia and other parts of Europe as well. Um, Jared's an engineer. Um, and so he worked in logistics design. Uh, and Matt himself is like worked in all different manners, in marketing, in uh, in business, but also in a lot of different bars. So we brought kind of that whole connection uh, of beer, art, culture, plus uh, our own personal love in different styles of those together and uh, tried to make a, a bar, a brewery, but also a brand um, that encompassed our, our love of, of everything in that we we enjoyed about the world essentially so did you brew prior uh so when i worked at um when i worked at archive beer boutique i volunteered every friday morning for uh, eight hours at green beacon in uh in tenerife mm-hmm. um and got taught to brew by johan and uh, morgan gage their head brewer and his assistant brewer morgan's not there anymore he's over in scotland working um so they actually taught me how to brew beer uh, when I was working at Archive because I was working in the beer industry. I was so interested in it um, that I wanted to learn how to brew. So I just volunteered my every Friday uh, for about eight hours just to learn how to actually make beer itself. And from there, personally, I'm actually from uh, Bangalore, just outside of Byron Bay. Um, so I went home uh, a year later to work the Stone and Wood. And I set up their uh, tap room and cellar door. Uh, they've just shifted it to their new site. Um, but the original one, I helped set up and start and run that. Mm. But a part of my job was to work with their uh, their brewer in their Baronia site, which is their Byron Bay site, not their big one at Wollumbar. Uh They only had one there. So they have one brewer there and they cycle them on for a month. So they get to learn what it's like to actually run your own brewery. And I was their assistant. So essentially six hours of my day, every day, I would work with the, with the brewer as their assistant brewer. So did that for just over a year. And that's what really really taught me how to brew um after a year from there just wasn't really going like wasn't doing what i wanted to be doing there i wanted to go in a different direction so i moved back up to brisbane and worked for catchment brewing co in west end in brisbane who was that too uh catchment brewing co. Oh, yeah, catchment, yeah, yeah. it's like more small little boutique bar yep. uh, brewery uh and uh i worked for them for two years just over two years um and then i went overseas for four months worked for uh, a few different breweries in the UK, Wiper and True, Gypsy Hill, um, one in uh, Spain called Baskland Brewing Project, really good guys, uh, and I spent a, a small amount of time at Lervik in uh, Norway as well. Cool. So, and then when I came back, that's when we started Range Brewing. Yeah, so, cool. yeah. <laughs> been so around, when, been around a bit. Yeah, yeah. In the so last when, five years. Just, when the uh, idea for your business was um, evolving, was that when you were like, I can do this, I can get yeah, behind like the brewing? When I was at Catchment, I'd. It was the, the place where I kind of got left by myself. Um, you know, I got to brew the beers that I wanted to brew. I got to own what I wanted to own in, in the, the sense of the product. So uh, that's where I really developed uh, into an actual brewer is what I would say. That's where I, was, I gained the ability to create everything by myself and think of myself as going, yes, I can actually do this every, in every facet. I can do this by myself. Um, when I, we started the talks for Range Brewing when I was at Catchment. Um, before I left there, it, it was it was a pipe dream. Um, it was really funny. Matt and Jared were living in London. Um, they rang me one day. It was like we want to have a video talk with you, and we were like, oh, okay, that's. Um, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like they're my friends, obviously. So I was like, oh, whatever. But then still, still sounds like an intervention yeah, or something, they just right? Kind of, I was like, this is really weird. And uh, they just they just put it on me straight away. They're like, we we're seeing all these trends over here. We're seeing 
all this movement in the industry over here for certain styles of beer, for branding, for for marketing, for design uh, as an encompassed brand, as a, as a business. And um, they were like, what is the Australian market looking at like this? Who could you say is doing something like, say, their favourite brewery at the time was Cloudwater uh, from Manchester. Phenomenal brewery. But really good with art, culture, branding, everything else as well. And they bring it all together extremely well. Um, they were like, who's doing that in Australia? And I was like, well, actually... The only two people I could think of in Australia that do that as a culture, create their own culture, create their branding, would be Stonewood uh, and Balta mm. because they create that really big culture around their beer. Um, you could say it about Four Pines as well. I haven't had much affiliation with Four Pines, so I, I couldn't sit there and say, yeah, 100%. Um, and Mountain Goat as well from mm. down here. But um, at that time, Mountain Goat had just sold, so I don't really include that in my <laughs> talks when, the, when that happens, generally. It's still, still a good culture yeah, in Richmond. Still, Come on. Still good culture, still good beer. It's not independent anymore, so that's a bit different. Um, so, yeah, like, it, it started as that, that little bit of a pipe dream. They chatted to me about that. Uh, and probably, like, a, a month later, they came back and they looked, we want we want to do this. We want to we start a brewery. Um, we want to start a brewery with the bar, with the tap room, that, that we can actually create a space that people want to come and stay at. It's not just a brewery that pumps out beer. It's a space, it, it's a... It's essentially an environment that people feel comfortable, feel engrossed in the business, feel engrossed in the band, uh, the brand, and uh, enjoy the beer as mm. well. And um, I was like, well, I'm definitely on board with that, but uh, I, you can't pay me. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't have enough money to not be paid. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I stayed in my job for a while until the guys sort of sorted out exactly what they wanted to do. I said, if they wanted to be serious about it, they needed to get some groundwork in place. And um, I went and looked, for them, looked at some sites for them whilst they were over in the UK and we looked at a few. What, what year was this, sorry? Uh, this is not last year before, so this is 2016. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so, the yeah, two, oh, 2017 it okay. would have been. Yeah. So, um, middle of 2017, start of 2017. And um, yeah, we looked at some sites. I looked at some sites, um, came back. We didn't really have anything. And then the guys actually made the decision to move back from the UK. Uh, they were both entrenched over there. So it was actually a big move for them. They were like, look, we actually want to move back to Australia and get this, do this. So they made the big effort to, to come home. And we found our site that we have now, which is really, really good. And yeah, hit the ground running ever since, really. Like, was it always going to be in Brisbane? Uh, so we were initially, we looked at Toowoomba. So we looked at three sites in Toowoomba. Um, the guy, Brent, Matt and Jared are both from Toowoomba. Uh, the name Range Brewing came from the Toowoomba Rangers okay. as well. Um, so, like, the, initially, it was going to be there. It was, like, that hometown feel, what they wanted to do. But at the end of the day, like, we looked at the sites out there. We looked at the demographic out there. And for what we wanted to do as a brand and the culture that we want to create, we just didn't think we would be able to create that there. Um, and we thought there was a better opportunity in Brisbane. And we didn't find a site. We looked at three sites over there, and none of them were exactly what we wanted. So... I think that was the biggest thing was finding the site that we found and just going like that is absolutely perfect. So and 2017 is about the time where like Brisbane's pretty much exploding in the yeah. uh, independent yeah. beer scene. So yeah, was that encouraging? Uh, I was very encouraging. Um, I think it was more so encouraging watching the entire entire Australian market uh, develop. Um, obviously, like a couple of guys around that time were selling, um, and sometimes people go, "Oh, that's." That's bad, but sometimes that gives you that... For me, that gives me that little bit of level of... People are taking a notice of what's happening in Australia and other breweries are starting to step up because they're like, oh, there's a gap in the market now. I can fill that. So it, there was room in the market, 100%, um, but also it was exploding and um, in Brisbane itself, it was definitely starting to come, uh, become a lot more of a, a focus. Uh, in the in the alcohol industry in general, like most bars were starting to change their sort of ideology of oh we just have beer on tap, mm. um, which is very very good to see. But yeah, tell us about the beers. What's the approach uh, with the beers themselves? So when the guys <laughs> when we started out, uh, it, literally we wanted to have a kind of a, a free approach to beer. Uh, we wanted to make certain styles of beer, and we wanted to make them very well with no with a, a kind of an unapologetic way of 
using ingredients and unapologetic way of um, of marketing them. So for us, we want to make hoppy, dark, sour, and also uh, really obscure beers uh, when we can. Okay. But hoppy, dark, and sour is like not our, all at the same time. Yeah, not all <laughs> at the same time. But hoppy, dark, and sour is like our our major motto. But um, we want all the beers to be easy drinking. So we, we never make a beer that we think is, oh, that's, you, you can't have a couple of those. Like, you, you know, we don't want a beer where we go, oh, you drink one of them and like go home. Like that's, that's not what you do. We want people to sit at a table, enjoy their beers that they're having, have them refreshing, but also chat to each other, enjoy their time, enjoy the vibe of the, of the place they're at drinking them. So number one priority is like the, the pure sessionability of the beer. Mm-hmm. And then also like hoppy, dark and sour because they're our three favourite things. <laughs> yeah. Um, we had a couple before you got here. Um, yep. Hazy and low bitterness was probably the first things that jumped out. Is that fear? Uh, yep. Yep, yep, definitely. Um, we do like the haze uh, and low bitterness for that sessionability is our hue. Like, probably our biggest, um, especially on mine uh, as a brewer. I love a balanced bitterness. Um, something I learned at Stone and Wood extremely well. Uh, one of the best breweries, uh, you know, especially with their their other brands in uh, fixation as well, mm. of balancing beer that should be a little bit more bitter, but it's not. And God, is it easy to drink. <laughs> so it uh, just makes you want another one. You want that refreshing bitterness. So the, the bitterness for me as a brewer is a really, really big deal. Uh, the haziness came in with the... The guys being in London, um, Cloudwater being their favourite brewery. Mm. Other ones such as Omnipolo, uh, Other Half, Trillium from the from the US as well. Um, those, those are the favourite breweries that we sort of throw around that we like uh, the most. And to be honest, like those guys make all double IPAs, triple IPAs, ridiculous beers that drink like their four percent fruit juice. Mm. So uh, it's quite incredible the flavour they're amount they're they're able to get in the beer, but also the drinkability that they can have in beer. And um, you know, drinkability in Queensland is a huge factor. Mm. It's so hot, sure. so humid. You want beer that's refreshing. You want beer that you can sit on and enjoy yourself uh, for, a, for a day, not just have one and go, yep, that's good. I'm done. So, When I was there, uh, there's still a, a hand canning operation yeah. going on. Is that, fun. is that still happening? No. Okay, so good. originally we had a, a single can seamer and we set up like a little of a little bit of a, a working uh, a working station where we would uh, wash our cans, so essentially flush our cans with sanitizer. We would uh, and rinse them, and then we would have a um, uh, we would have them drying, and then we would have one can being uh, purged with CO2, and then we'd be filling one can at the same time. So just like a little rotation, pass that on. Another person seams it, and that's what we would do. Um, <laughs> that works out just for everyone. You can do about 500 cans in five and a half hours doing that. And that's pumping. That's when you're going. That's three people. Three people. Absolutely pumping. Um, One person like washing and setting everything up. One person filling, one person seaming. So that's, that's it was a good loop and we could get them them going fast, but that's not very quick at all. Yeah. Now now you've got a canning line. Yeah. So we have a... uh, How much can you do in five hours now? Yeah. So completely different. So uh, we got a forehead uh, can canning line uh, forehead uh, filler from ABE and they uh, we were rocking out 16 cans a minute so we'll do that's 500 mil cans as well like 440 mil cans as well so a bit different like if you're doing a smaller can you're going to get a lot more out of that mm. but a 440 mil can 16 uh, 16 a minute we're, uh, we're generally going at about probably like 1300 every every two hours yeah. that's roughly what we're doing um, when you get going in a smooth transition, that's without breakdowns and things like that. So it's that's pretty a good, good efficiency improvement, though. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, you know, I feel like it's paying slight, itself yeah, off already, right? Just a slight <laughs> efficiency improvement, um, which I, is I, really good. I but was told though that there was kind of a queue of people waiting some days. So yeah, so did that, that was did that limited the scarcity help you? Yeah, so the scarcity was a huge thing that we took from um, the guys in America. So especially like Trillium uh, and other half. Uh, even modern times as well. Um, these guys in America, for anyone that doesn't know them, check them out. Wonderful breweries. Uh, just look at them online. You can't get them in Australia, unfortunately, because they are quite small breweries. But 
the way they'd sell was they would do about 80% of their beer in package stock and very small in kegs. And they'd sell the kegs to the bars that supported them at the start. Mm. And they'd only sell the kegs to there or in their taproom. And then their cans would have a lineup around two blocks. Like literally people would sleep overnight to get cans. And we were like, well, man, imagine if we could do that in Brisbane. Very hard to do. Nobody wants to do that in Brisbane. Yeah, yeah bad it's things hot. could it's happen. Hot in Brisbane. Yeah, bad things could happen. It's better than the snow in Boston, yeah, I guess. Fair, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, but yeah, like that was that was our whole sort of like idea. It was like, oh, geez, that'd be so cool. That'd be really nice, like to have that sort of that need, that want, and that drive for your business. But um, yeah, like when we first started out, there were people waiting. Uh, we opened at four o'clock on Thursdays and we wouldn't release the beers then. There'd be people there waiting going, can I get the beer now? They're like, no, you have to come back tomorrow. And they'd come back the next day. Like we'd say, like, we open at 12 on a Friday. That's when you can get the new release cans. And they would be there at 11.30 and there'd be like 20 people standing there every Friday. And to be honest, that still happens hmm. uh, for the new releases. Um, although we have a lot more cans now, so when we first started, we'd only have like a hundred cans of each beer in the fridge, and they'd sell out by Saturday, mm. generally. So like Saturday afternoon, they won't be none left on Sunday Arvos. Now we can restock the fridge, but there's still that that movement of people coming in just really wanting that that new release, which is which is a good thing. That's what that that's the kind of culture I guess that we wanted to create at the start um, when we were when we were setting out. Like we really want people to just really want to really want our beers like you look at they say they see a release and go man i really want that i'm going to be there on friday at 12 o'clock for that release that's what i i want to be there for that so have you had any pushback on that people were oh. saying you guys are trying to you know because there has been that thing in the past of people saying manufactured um, scarcity and all those things i don't think well personally I, we haven't had any uh, in my end like it's more we haven't had any kickback from customers is what i would say yeah yeah. There's uh, there's other people. No one's going to tell you either, yeah. are they? They're going to do a, it online other, and behind your back. We've heard things from other people in the industry saying, oh, like, they talk about hype breweries and things like that. You're like, you just hype it up so much that um, it sells before you've done anything, no matter what the beer is. But, yeah, like, at the end of the day, like, beer tells. So, you, if you taste the beer, like, you're going to know if it's good or not. So, the people who, um, who line up for that beer on a Friday... If they're lining up the next week, that means we've done something yeah, right. Exactly. Um, if, they're, and if, that's, if they're keen yeah, and they're not underwhelmed, they're not doing it again. Exactly yeah. right. So, you know, that's that's the biggest tell. You know, if, if they're doing it week in, week out, that's the biggest difference. Um, so, yeah, the pushback, there's been a little bit there. It's more about that hype brewery type of thing. But, yeah, like if, you, if you're doing things right and people keep coming back, then there's no there's no hype. There's just good beer. Does that so. does it bother you? Or you don't care. I laugh at stuff okay. like that. So. <laughs> I think it's funny. Like, oh, it's you know, it's one of those things. As a brewer, you've got to you've got to be able to take everything with a grain of salt. So, um, it was some, some people are going to like your beer. Some people aren't. Like at the end of the day, it was quite a stark difference when I was there. It was the weekend that Fallon's was opening, and they're a completely different model to you guys. Um, you know, big hospitality business. Pretty pretty down the line core range. Yep. Was, uh, I'm correct. I'm saying you don't have a core range at all. No, so we don't do a core range of beers. Uh, we do core styles, is what we would say we do. So uh, we like to keep our ingredients uh, evolving. Um, like our motto is forever evolving, forever forever exploring, forever evolving. And um, so what what it means like we're exploring new styles, we're exploring different ingredients, and we're evolving our processes uh, and our beers themselves to be the best they possibly can be. So what we want to do is make certain styles of beer, but be able to use different ingredients all the time so that if we want to change something in the beer, the people know about it. Like, there's a lot of breweries out there that change ingredients in beer all the time. But they don't, nobody knows. Like, they don't, they don't advertise it. Like, we put, uh, we put our, our ingredients on our can and tell you what the hops are, um, what the yeast is, what malts we're using in the particular beer styles. So for that, it, it's a... It's a completely different type of, type of aspect uh, in the way of a core beer. Um, you know, you can make core beers and you could do the same thing, but people would never know. We like people to actually know the, why we're doing different things differently and how we're doing them differently. So mm. to be able to make core styles of beer and then continuously evolve them and change them and explore new ingredients is one of our major facets mm. uh, as, a, as a business. So, um, Tell me about the sour stuff. Uh I've, I think there's a sour mango. Yep. It's actually as a typo on the menu. It says mange. 
Oh, oh really? That's yeah, that's so yeah. yeah. like, oh, yeah. an angie sour. Yeah, so it'll get you. sound very nice. Yeah, it'll get you every time. Um, so sour mang. I don't know. Uh, k- a kettle sour kind of a deal at the yeah, moment? Yeah, so 100% kettle sour for us. Um, we don't have any barrels uh, or anything like that. And uh, true souring is something that I really love, um, really want to get into. But uh, in our brewery space at the moment, it's not something I want to introduce to our... <laughs> into our brewery for the sheer danger that can happen because we do rotate all of our tanks all the time. It's not set tanks for certain styles of beer. Um, they do rotate. So if we're adding uh, some true sour into that, it's things get a bit dicey. Uh, we risk actually uh, infecting the entire brewery, which we don't want to do. It's all right if we just turn into a sour brewery. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, good excuse to turn into one. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, not something we're planning on doing just yet. Uh, so, yeah, all kettle sours... Um, all kettle sours for us. We modified, so uh, working with uh, our uh, with Premier Stainless Steel, who do all of our equipment, um, we modified our brew kit to ensure that we could uh, produce the best pos- uh, possible kettle sours. Um, so we made a fully enclosed kettle um, where there's no oxygen intake whatsoever, so it's fully lockable, uh, and we can purge it with CO2 as well. So we were able to purge it with CO2, no oxygen can get in. We have enough trapped oxygen in the beer itself to... To help our, our sour work, uh, our sour pitch uh, create the, the level of bacteria that we want in the mm. work. Um, yeah, so we actually modified the brew kit before we even started because we wanted to do uh, a lot of kettle souring. Um, yeah. With the beer itself, again, it's a base. Like we make a, it's a style. So we make we are, I have a base recipe for this. Uh, it does evolve. Like we do change it depending on what we're trying to get out of the fruit. But um, it's essentially a base recipe, and we add different fruit every time. Uh, we just add like fruit juice and fu- fruit puree, uh, which is really good. Gives you a beautiful color, beautiful flavor. Um, but yeah, it's it's meant to be nice, a nice kettle sour with uh, slight fruity aspects to it, which is pretty cool. How does that go in Brisbane? Ah, uh, yeah, like wildfire. <laughs> um, hot climate. We try to make it a lower ABV as well, so it's usually between three and three point five. Um, super crusher, really refreshing. Uh, we had someone comment the other day that we. Uh, what, what we, we purposely target the female market too much. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> and I was like, well, that's a bit rude. I should just target Wait, everyone who likes fruity beer. But um, yeah, Wait, we, do, on, we so do. By just doing kittle sour and fruit. Yeah, because we're making like like easy drinking fruity beer. And I was like, okay, whatever, man. <laughs> whatever, right? I was, I was just like, because, oh, sorry, man. We can make it 6% if you want, but nobody. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can have like one and then you're like, oh, I want something else. So I think, yeah, just because we're. We shoot for a lot of lower ABV beers because of people go, oh, you just want to gain an accessible market. Yes, yeah. <laughs> market helps. But also, if you ever been to Queensland, it's hot. Yeah. It's humid. Like, higher ABV beers are great, but I can't drink, like, five of them in Queensland. Yeah, I have a couple, and I'm like, yeah, sweet. Like, give me, like, a 3.5% Pilsner or a Pale Ale or something like that. I, I love them. But, mm. um, yeah, we, it's it's pretty funny. Like it's it's an interesting thing <laughs> in Queensland. You can't Some please everyone. Yeah. Oh, that's it. You can't please everyone. Um, but yeah, it goes really well in Brisbane, especially the the sour beers have taken off uh, considerably overall. I guess mm. I think Green Beacon were the first people that really sort of took off in that style in Queensland uh, with their passion fruit goza. Mm. And um, yeah, they sort of set a benchmark, and it's a beer that I love. I've loved since they've made it, and um, yeah, I, I always like sour beers. So. I, yeah, it's something that I had a big interest in making, and for us, it's working really well. It's been really cool seeing that take off um, around Australia. And you know, if I'm in a bar, I'll, I'll sort of, out of professional interest, see what people are drinking, and I'm noticing so many people are going for kettle sour with fruit in it yep. as their first option. Like, yeah, you know, Hospo Peeps is their knockoff drink. Um, you know, woman, men, just yep. It's a it's a good style of beer for the Australian climate. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, the Australian climate is the biggest thing as well. And, um, you know, I think it does. Well, it does definitely uh, bring in a different demographic with uh, female drinkers, I think. Um, but it's, I think that's more the acidic level of the beer because it's more like wine. Um, it's more like white wine. I, I think my, my, my theory is that men, blokes in particular, <laughs> grow up drinking one thing. Yeah. I drink beer and yeah. that's all I drink. Whereas women will drink cider, wine, cocktails. Yeah, vodka. Gin, yeah, whatever. so when it comes to trying something different outside of beer, blokes yeah. are like, well, that's not beer. Yeah. I know beer is just one thing. Yeah. And women are like, oh, yeah, I, I know drinks is so many different things. I'm yeah. going to 
enjoy that. And that, yeah. that's, where it's, that's where it comes into it for me. Yeah. The amount of people that you'll see, that we see especially, walk into our brewery with their partner or, or like girls in general come in and go, I don't really like beer. I've heard this place is wonderful, but I don't really like beer. But, you know, I've heard good things. And like, yeah, so try a sour. And they go, that's not beer. And you go, well, it is. Yeah. It's just a different, you just don't know what, like, you've just never experienced beer like this before. That's the difference. Mm. Uh, you get a lot of, it just opens up a nice demographic, I think. And even with men, um, a lot of people are like, oh, can't put fruit in beer. You're like, mate, go, tra- go try a mango sour and tell me you don't like yeah. it. Like, come on. <laughs> you like mangoes? Great. Great time. Like, put them, in a, put them in a beer with a little bit of tartness. So refreshing in the heat. Like, it's a wonderful time, so... Toxic yeah. masculinity has a, a lot to answer <laughs> for, right? Hey, that's it. <laughs> Those guys. You, ca- you can't if you have something yeah. that's a bit fruity. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Exactly right. Mate, um, if, imagine if we didn't make, imagine if brewers didn't make anything that tasted fruity. Yeah. <laughs> There'd be no IPA yeah, industry. Exactly. Jesus. That'd be a worry. So what does the next, uh, say, year or so look like for range? Uh, we're really like, uh, so for now, we've, we've grown quite a lot in the last year. We've added... Uh, we've probably upscaled to another half on top of what we've got for output. Um, we've added a forehead filler canning line. We've added three more fermenters into our brew house. And, um, yeah, it's so at the moment we're just doing a bit of a consolidating. We're, we're fine-tuning our product uh, and we're fine-tuning our package product especially to make sure it's the best it can possibly be. Uh, we just had launched our online bottle shop um, two days ago. So you're able to jump online to our website, order beers, and we'll send them to you around Australia. We What's the uh, URL for that? What's our? What's the URL for the website? Uh, Where do people find it? Yeah, so it's uh, just www.rangebrewing.com. Good. Straight up. I had a look yeah. at the shop today. Yeah, yep. It's good. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, yeah super easy. Um, it's very much uh, something that we put emphasis on is our the cleanness of everything that we do. So uh, as you guys have been to our brewery, you understand like how neat and, and clean mm. the whole place looks. Very minimalistic. Uh, we try to do that in everything that we do, our, our branding, our style. So our website's the same. Try to make it as easy for the customer as possible. Um, but, yeah, so you can jump online, order beers, and get them sent to you around Australia. Uh, flat rate is $12, I believe, for the um, distribution for that. So That's good. Um, yeah, not Very too bad. Reasonable, yeah. Um, not too bad, but, yeah, so you can order any number of beers. That's the biggest thing, um, which is pretty cool. So for us, that's a big emphasis. But with that comes the, the need for higher quality of product so really emphasizing uh in the next six months on the the package product for us uh and the ability to grow our brand um as a whole so yeah awesome that's that's probably the biggest thing for us this year fair enough is that why you're here yes yeah we're down here at uh mr west in footscray uh and we're down here to launch uh, essentially it's the launch of our online bottle shop and we're showcasing some of our beers down here today which should be really good Thing is, a launch in Sydney happening at the same time. Yes, exactly right. So we're launching. So have the three of you split around the country almost? Um, Matt stayed at home in Brisbane, uh, okay. much to his own dismay. Okay. Uh, but he's flying out to America on Monday, so he's not too unhappy. He's, okay. Yeah, he's yeah. flying out to uh, stay in Richmond in the New York area, so he's going to all his favourite breweries in the world. And Fair enough. Yeah. Gets to go to Trillium and other half yeah, in yeah. <laughs> the if Vale. You must, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Any 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 brewery that uh, all of us uh, good beer lovers. Would go, damn it, I hate that guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad he's back in a second suitcase just to bring beer home. Yeah, so that's yeah. pretty good. Uh, so, so, so the bottle share or the can share back at the brewery when he gets back is going to be pretty good then. Yeah, that'll be a good bit it's of time. It's going to be a ripper. Good yeah. little uh, product analysis, as yeah. we like to say. <laughs> yeah. Any more questions today? No. Yeah. Uh, so rangebrewing.com, just.com.au. Yeah, straight.com for us. Cool. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate problem, it. Guys. How about on the socials? Great to be here. Yeah, yeah, where do you find you guys on social media? Yeah, so Instagram's just uh, range, at Range Brewing. Um, Beautiful. And they're the same on Facebook, just at Range Brewing. Cool. Fortunately for us, there's no other Range Brewing, which is really good. Which is a rarity. Keep it clean. Yeah. Keep it nice and clean, <laughs> which is really good. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time. Appreciate no it. Guys. Thank you. Yeah, that was a ripper. Yeah, good chat. Yeah. Uh, if anyone saw through our... Um, oh, it's the same song Sincerity, play. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're just recording the uh, outro before the main course. So. Yes. But I'm sure it was a good one. Oh, no doubt. How was that second thing you talked about? Perfect.
Uh, would you like a recommendation from from me? Uh, sure. Shit, um, I don't have a beer one. Oh that's, no, that's delicate. I, I yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Uh, no, my beer one is going to be the other side lager. Okay. I don't know if it's called lager. I'm pretty sure it is. And what sort of? Oh, okay. And what sort of lager is it? Let me look it up on my Talk mobile phone. It. I had it a couple of weeks ago and was just so very, very impressed. In a tin or did you have it on tap somewhere? Uh, in a tin. Social classic lager, just a single hop, single malt. Easy drinking lager. Great. Really good. Just hit, hit so many of the right today, it'll be ideal. Oh, perfect. Nice. What do you got? Uh, beer for me is going to be the Beer Farm Double IPL. Ah, double WA. Uh, yeah, exactly. We're all WA all the time. Um, it's a ripper. It's like, I think my version of what I want IPAs to be is IPLs. Um, it's big. I used to get so mad at IPLs. Why? It seemed like a much longer way to make an IPA. Sure, but like it's like so lean and dry yeah. and all, all the things you love about a great IPA mm. is just like the textbook definition of an IPL. Like, mm. Yeah, maybe. Uh it's big, hoppy, dry, clean. It's just a ripper. Yeah. Comes in a big tin, does it? A big tin, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think they're upping their presence in uh, Victoria at the moment. Yeah. Don't know about the rest of the country, but... Because um, I, like, when I was in Perth, whenever that was, I tried them at their Frio Beer Festival and was impressed and came back to see them here now and again, but definitely a push now, though. There's some really smart brewing going on around the country, isn't there? What do you mean? Like when I think of those guys, um, everything I've had from them has been I've really enjoyed. Yep. Uh, their branding is is decent. Um, you know, it sticks out. Big tins. They've got a unique style on their on their labels. Sure. And, and good beers. Um, you know, other side range, for example, have their own like. Is people are I guess getting their own identity outside yep. of doing a pale ale, doing a dark beer, doing a you know whatever. And I think most. Most of the major cities, if not all of the major cities now, have three or four breweries that you can really hang your hat on and say their, you know, their beers are great. Yeah, I, everyone I can buy local and be extremely satisfied with their choice. Yep. And then dabble elsewhere yep. if they're interested in it. Yeah. Yep. You want some non-beer? Yeah, absolutely. Um, mine is... Go. Oh, no, mine no, I don't know. I was just mine is booze-related. Uh, I went to a new... A new cocktail bar here in Melbourne. It's only a short run thing, six months, um, and I think then they're going to look for a permanent location. Okay. It's on Little Collins Street. It's called Fancy Free. Uh, some guys that used to work at the Black Pearl, which is one of the best cocktail bars in the world, uh, and they, yeah, they've done a, at the moment it's a pop-up. Uh, they've got Mary's Burgers from Sydney, which is quite a famous burger place okay. in Sydney. Uh, Have you been? Been to Mary's, Mary's Burgers? Burgers? No. Heard amazing things. Um, it's going to be Mary's Burgers for two months, then another restaurant for two months, and another restaurant. I don't mind um, that, They're yeah. also getting other bars from around the world, like top cocktail bars yeah. from around the world, and getting them to do like one night takeovers. And what does that mean for a cocktail bar to Just take over? They, they do different drinks. They yeah, put right. Barman, own spin on it. Um, I had a drink. I went for a visit today and had a drink. It's probably one of the, the smartest looking cocktails I've ever had. Um, there was. Japanese maple leaf in the clear ice cube in the middle, sort of frozen in that. It had a, um, they used a paintbrush to sort of put a, a dash around the top of the glass as yeah. kind of the garnish. Um, just beautiful cocktail, so well made. Uh, going to be only there for six. Fancy free, is that right? Yeah, only going right. to be there six months. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, I, it's just one of those places that you just think, yeah, this is done right. They, they want it to be a neighbourhood um, neighborhood bar in the city. So they don't want to be too pretentious, even though it is, Quite pretentious in terms of maple leaf frozen okay. into, but they they their vision is to be a neighbourhood bar. Yeah, yeah, you can get stomping ground on tap. The one of the cocktail taps, they've got one cocktail tap which is kind of a made up of leftover ingredients, and all the money from that goes to charity um, of their choosing each each time like it changes. That. So yeah, yeah, just really really fun things. Nice. What you got, Dave? That's called Fancy Free on Little Collins Street. Yep. What's the cross street near? Oh, uh, Queen. Uh, it's where 8-Bit used to be in the city on Little Collins. I don't even know it was not Little Collins. Yeah, there was there was one for a while. Oh, you mean the corner? No, nah, there was another oh, one. Right. Oh, right. That's news to me. Uh, mine's going to be... And bear with me because... Well, I, I don't know. But if you got Stan, the television streaming subscription service... Oh, I, mixing up from Netflix. 
What's that? Mixing it up from Netflix. I know, yeah. I um, pretty much just got in my head that I wanted to watch Billions. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that show. Uh, it's Shaking my head. Yeah, it's a uh, Showtime show um, about hedge fund business with uh, Damien Lewis. You know the guy that uh, was the bad guy? Or I actually I didn't watch the whole series, but he's in Homeland. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. The redhead guy. The British guy. He's in from uh, Band of Brothers. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, I like that guy. Um, yeah, he's uh, the main guy who's like a billionaire hedge fund investor. Yeah, um, you could watch him in anything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's great. Uh, and he's acts opposite Paul Giamatti, who's also like... One of yeah, those yeah. watch him anything sort of guys. Um, I think Stan do a 14-day free trial. They've got three seasons with a fourth coming out on the 18th of this month. Uh, it's an addictive show. I'd, I'd get on board. It's got Maggie Siff, who was Jax Teller's uh, wife in uh, Sons of Anarchy. Oh, she was my least favorite in Sons of Anarchy. Is it because she stirred the pot a bit? Is that why? No. It's not because she spurred the She part. was my least favourite as well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she was just a terrible character. I don't think... I think she's probably, she probably played it well, but... Yeah, I think she character. had to be that character. There yeah. had to be some conflict between and the club and... And I guess out. if you're also um, playing opposite or, or the foil to... Um, Katie, Piggy whatever Bundy, is. Yeah. yeah, Katie Seagal. It's, you're not going to win that. Yeah, exactly. Katie Seagal's a bloody delight. Remember that scene? Ugh. The skateboard? No. Oh, okay. That was a good scene, yeah. but the final one. Oh, I haven't seen it. I, I gave up during the Irish oh, season. Oh, okay. So you didn't even see the Katie Siegel, Maggie Siff conclusion? No. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've, I've been meaning to revisit it, but yeah, okay. oh, the, the Irish season's painful. Push through the... Uh, it is. Push, <laughs> especially because they changed the theme music. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Just get on with it. Um, push through. It is worth watching. Um, we better wrap Brilliant. up. Yeah. We better wrap up because our guest is he actually is here. arrived, yeah. Uh, Dave... Give me some social medias. Sure. Uh, get at me at Dave on Twitter and Instagram. I've been thinking about getting back into Twitter a bit. Yeah, I'm into know. Twitter. Um, it's boring these days because everyone bailed on it. Yeah, right. Uh, where did everyone go? I don't know. Insta? Instagram, yeah. Instagram yeah, okay. sucks. Yeah. Oh, here's a photo of some dumb shit I did. That's essentially anyway, the business what, model, idea. What's your Insta? <laughs> Dave as well. Yep. Uh, you can get me at Ale of a Time on Instagram uh, for some good fermentation stories. Ooh, uh, I've been actually, looking at yeah. updating them with some sourdough. I'm making a sweet potato sourdough at the moment. Fingers crossed. Fun. I wanted to come out bright purple. I've seen versions of it. Mine doesn't look like it's okay. going. But get us on Patreon. Um, we Pat- will make it worth your while. That's a promise. Yeah, we're going to do a um, a really fun. Speaking of Quebec, we're going to do a Quebec drink that's not beer. It's going to come in tins for our Patreon subscribers. Mate, what um, more do you want? It's been a while since they've had a beer, so watch this space. It's going to be a banger. Ooh. Uh, yeah, cool. See you next time. Thank you.